When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Are you ready? (laughs) Are you ready for some... I guess we could call it football, maybe. For absolute mayhem, (laughs) chaos, absolute whatever sport is going to be on that field tonight. This is it. The day is here. Steelers, Patriots, Trubisky, Zappy, are you ready for the sport that they call football? Oh, it's just, it's going to be so bad. <laughs> oh, this is the Christmas, this is the Christmas miracle that keeps on giving, isn't it? Good afternoon, everybody. It's a game day. Thursday, December 7th, 2023, 3 p.m. as we sit on the South Side Beat on DK Pittsburgh Sports live on YouTube. In about five hours' time, mayhem will ensue. 30 points is the over-under. Mitch Trubisky and Bailey Zappi are the quarterbacks. (laughs) It's happening, folks. Steelers Patriots, are you ready? For this, I, let's go, Chris. I could not imagine. I mean, I, I like. I'm, I'm trying to think of how I was thinking about this game going into the season, and going into the season, I, 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 I thought like, okay, maybe the Patriots will be like, you know, one of those teams that's kind of fighting, you know, having an outside chance at a playoff spot. Um, that didn't happen. <laughs> um, the Steelers are not as good as I think a lot of people thought they were going to be this year. Um, Obviously injuries have played a role in that. Obviously coaching decisions, lack of growth with certain players, namely Kenny Pickett um, have played a role in that. Um, I'm uh, B Phil. I believe the number was $11 billion with the B over 11 years. The big, the big loser tonight, let's be frank, is Al Michaels. The big winners tonight are Pelicans Bucks at 5 p.m. and Pelicans or uh, Pacers Bucks at 5 p.m. and Pelicans Lakers at nine. That's your NBA schedule for okay. tonight. 
Who, That's here, the real winners for tonight. Here's a question for you. What do you think Al Michaels would rather do? Call this game <laughs> or eat vegetables? Probably. I'd rather have a, a hot piping steaming bowl of broccoli in front of me. <laughs> yeah, but Al Michaels doesn't eat vegetables. <laughs> well, Al, you know what? You'd have to ask Al Michaels that. All right. <laughs> Mike is saying. You'll be there. Six. If you run into him, ask him. I'm going to have vegetables at the stadium tonight <laughs> just to get the best of both worlds. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Listen, I, I know we're joking and I know we're having fun. And I know, you know, we're making fun of the fact that the over under is the lowest in the NFL since I believe it's 1993. Um, we are talking about two football teams that have no interest in finding the end zones. And it's a good thing they paid in them gold tonight. Uh, the joke, the running joke in town right now is that uh, are they putting the rope or the, uh, you know, the stanchions around the end zone, too, to make sure nobody goes in? Because that's that's the kind of game we're all kind of expecting tonight. But expectation doesn't always transfer over to reality. Does I'll it? tell you what, man, if the Steelers ended up end up putting up like a 30 spot tonight. Those gold end zones are going to have to stay. Art Rooney is going to have to for- fork out the money to make sure that those end zones can be gold for every single time the Steelers play there. Because uh, if there's if there's a fan base that is more superstitious than the Steelers fan base in the in this world, I don't know which fan base it is. Um, if you're not a fan of either team, you're not watching this game. No. You you have to be a special <laughs> kind. Of sicko, and I'm talking like sicko's committee level sicko. You're you're the type of person that's watching the first round of the FCS playoffs. You're the type of person that's watching preseason NBA. You're the type of person that is gambling on FCS football. That's what that's the kind of person. If you're not a fan of either team tonight, that's who's watching these games tonight. While you while you go, and while we read some comments, I'm looking up prop bets tonight. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious. We know the over-under. Over-under Mitch Trubisky passing yards. This is how bad the optics of this game are. Over-under Mitch Trubisky passing yards is at 180 and a half. I would take the over right on now. that. I'd take the over on that. As of right now, Mitch Trubisky over-under 180 and a half. I'm looking up some more prop bets because, look, this is the kind of game that is going to get ugly more than likely, that is projected to get ugly. Um, potentially no Najee Harris for the Steelers, potentially no Mason Cole or Isaac Sayamalo, as all three of those guys are questionable. Perhaps Noah Landon Roberts. Those three guys, uh, along with the Landon, are all questionable. However, a report from the NFL Network, uh, as, as William asked here, what's up with Najee? A report from the NFL Network this morning suggests that Najee's going to try to play tonight. So we will see. Um, obviously pregame and actives around 645 ish somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. So we will see on I, that officially at that note, but you know, obviously I'll get to the stadium a little before probably around five 30 quarter to six and check out the warmups there. See what's going on because uh, there's a lot of intrigue as far as the injury report for the Steelers oh, yeah. and seeing who's in or out as again, uh, Najee Harris, Mason Cole, Isaac Samalo, and uh, Alanda Roberts are all questionable for the Steelers tonight. Yeah, uh, obviously there's a lot of a lot of things going in there. But in terms of like pro- like you you bring out the prop bets and everything like that, and I think this kind of goes into where we can and we'll we'll get to like this whole time to put up or shut up thing. Um, but you know, in terms of like game outlook and everything like that, I think if the Steelers have any kind 
of chance in this game. You know, we talk about what the game plan should be. Um, they had a good game plan against the Bengals. You know, Bengals like to play cover two. Steelers were like, let's attack down the middle. If they're going to leave middle field open, let's attack down the middle. So let's, you know, they did that and good game plan. They did not have a good game plan against the Cardinals. Um, this time it's got to be attack those cornerbacks. And that, you know, plays into what Mitch wants to do. Mitch wants to be aggressive, thoughtfully aggressive, but he wants to be aggressive. He wants to throw the ball down the field. Doesn't mean it's a go route every time. There are other ways to stretch the defense. Uh, other ways to 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 attack those cornerbacks, but um, those corners are susceptible to to giving up some yards and even touchdowns. So use Deontay, use George. Let let Mitch let, let let Mitch air it out. If he has to throw a pick or two in order to get it done, in order to get some production, make it so. Um, yeah, that 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 would be my game plan for tonight. Do not try to do not try to establish the run early. Um, attack them, attack them where they're weakest and cornerback is where they're weakest. Try to run the ball on this team out of the gate. You're going to go three and out, three and out, three and out. And who knows, you could be down six, nothing. And then, you know, yeah. Now Mitch Trubisky said he wants to get aggressive against the Patriots. How aggressive is too aggressive? Is it, I don't want to say forcing because nobody should force balls down the field or force deep shots. no, but what in your in your opinion would aggression mean to me i think aggression is is what you're alluding to there within the game plan mm-hmm. find ways to attack early and often don't resort to run run pass punt you know open up some open up some looks on on first down and second down and maybe you set up first and short with the quick game and maybe you set up Najee Harris if he's playing or Jalen Warren with some short passes or you get Pat Fryermuth involved underneath early you got to find a way to establish rhythm. Like I almost, I almost feel like I'm talking about this offense like it's a college offense, mm-hmm. and in a way, I am because some of these college offenses, when they don't have the personnel like an NFL offense would, they have to start slow. They have to find ways to ramp up. They have to find ways to get the short and get the intermediate before the long opens. And with that comes the establishing of the run game. But I agree with you opening up those opportunities are going to be so key and so pivotal for, for that aggressive nature, so to speak, that Mitch Trubisky wants to play with. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not easy to do, you know, because it's like, where's the line? You know, we, we kind of saw when we watched Mitch play last season, um, you know, first four games, whenever he, whenever he was the starter, it was way too conservative. Offense couldn't move because he refused to throw the a pass that had a better than kind of okay chance of getting intercepted or even tipped. He just didn't make those throws. Um, everything was short. Everything was safe. And when you do that, the defense is going to be like, go ahead and take it. Yeah. Go ahead. Take it all day. I don't care. You're not going to move the ball. As soon as you make a mistake, you're going to end up having to punt the ball. Then, you know, and you know, it's, it, it's, it's it's crap. It's crap offense. What it is uh, now? When Mitch lost his starting job, when he came in in the Tampa game, he was aggressive. He threw the ball down the field. He attacked. They won the game. Mitch was a big part of that. Uh, when he came in in the Ravens game, he attacked. The offense moved the ball down the field. That's when. And then that game is a great example of what happens when you're too aggressive. They got into the red zone. He just kept 
attack and attack and attack and didn't try to peel back just a little bit and make sure that they at least came away with points and he threw three picks. Yeah. Can't, can't do that. Um, and so th- th- there's gotta be a line there where you can't kind of go past it. Uh, I honestly think that if they could run a, a similar type of um, obviously it can't be the exact same that it was last year because the Steelers would be able to run the ball, but the game in Carolina is what I think of the kind of throws that he was making against Carolina doesn't have to be, um, you know, again, doesn't have to be a goal route. doesn't have to be deep post. You don't have to do a whole bunch of deep, deep throw concepts. You can just do different things to attack those cornerbacks. They're playing off the line, run a bunch of curls, run hooks, run slants, do those. When they come up on, uh, and run some press, that's when you take your shots, you know? Um, yeah, yeah th- there's just different ways to do it and it's going to take game planning, but it's also going to take Mitch making some good throws. Yeah. All right. Randy says sometimes Mitch doesn't see open receivers and defensive players. Can you explain how difficult it is to read the whole field in the NFL? <laughs> no, I can't. Very. I'm not an NFL quarterback, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I mean, Randy, for you and those that are listening and maybe you want the same answer, just try for a second to envision. Okay. You standing back there four or five yards behind five guys who are larger than you as far as offensive linemen are concerned. When you have four receivers running different routes, different ways across the field, and you have defenses trying to plant their pieces into into specific spots, like I can't speak for that because I've never been a quarterback. Mm -hmm. But I, I can imagine just from thinking about it that with so much going on at the same time, and with, with so many moving pieces, that that is a very, very difficult thing to do. And I'm not going to try to speak for that kind of skill or that kind of uh, a concept. All right, Joseph uh, kind of alludes, I think, to the title of the show here. And that's time to put up or shut up. Joseph asks, can you imagine a loss tonight with Steeler Nation huh. be like? Here's the bottom line is this, Chris. Yeah. We, we throw the term around must win a lot. We throw that term around a lot. This is as must win as it possibly could be for the Steelers. Yep. For yep. AFC implications, obviously this is a conference game. And for those that need a little reminder, when it comes to playoff tiebreakers, head-to-head is number one, division records number two, and then conference records number three. So you have to win these kind of games mm-hmm. for procedure reasons. This kind of game, weighty if you want to put it that way. Could be the difference between making or missing the playoffs come week 18 for the Steelers. Yep. Like, you know, like, like we said uh, a couple days ago, if the Steelers were going to screw up one of these last six games, the last one was the last one, it was the one to do it. You know, lose the, uh, if you're going to, if you're going to absolutely crap the bed, do it against an NFC team, you know, because at the end of the day, if you end up with the same record as somebody, as, you know, another team or two other teams, three other teams, but you know, come the end of the season, you need that conference record to be the best it possibly can. Um, and with how tight this conference is, and we knew it was going to be tight, um, the Steelers need to make sure that they take care of business, obviously within their division, but within the conference is almost as important as within the division right now. Because obviously you want to win your division, and it's not completely, you know, out of the question that the Steelers can do it. You know, mathematically, I'm not talking about like, oh, the Steelers are a good enough team to win. I'm just saying mathematically, they can still win the division. But it's really, really imperative that they win this game, that they win um, against the Colts, that they win against the Bengals. If you're going to, if again, you know, you look at, you know, down the road, next, you know, last five games, if there's a game that they can afford to 
lay another egg. They shouldn't, but if there's another one, it's that game in Seattle. Let it be yeah. that one. Yeah. When you play in it within the conference, you got to bring your A game. Uh, otherwise, you know what? Like it's it, that's what happened last year. They ended up coming back. They got in the playoff picture going into last week of the season. Nine and eight was good enough to get into the playoffs, but only with certain tiebreakers. And the Steelers just didn't have those tiebreakers. Kane says got all the ingredients to lose this game and blow the season. The the issue with that is you're right. And the other issue with that is it's because we can say that because of what we saw on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Nothing is safe in the National Football League. There's no such thing as a cupcake. There's no such thing as a gimme. There's no such thing as, you know, in college football, when you think in terms of a bye game and the equivalent of that in the NFL, any given Sunday really does apply, or in this case, any given Thursday. Hmm. And the Patriots offense, for how putrid and awful it is, and it's not going to have Ramondre Stevenson, their best player, on that side of the ball, it's it's never impossible, right? We learned that on Sunday. It's never impossible that a team can walk into a building like this and just walk all over them. Now, that being said, that being said, the Patriots are not as good of a team on paper at minimum as the Cardinals were. This is not, you know, quarterback, obviously, advantage goes to Kyler. Running back, advantage goes to Connor. Wide receivers at this point, advantage go to Arizona because New England's not going to have two of them, and two more of them are questionable. Yeah. Tight end obviously goes to Arizona for singular Trey McBride, but the Patriots have a really good collective of tight ends that you have to worry about tonight, which we Mm -hmm. talked about yesterday. Mm -hmm. Now, the Patriots' defense has done really well this year, and and of course, when you have – Mitch Trubisky starting and Najee Harris questionable and Mason Cole questionable and Isaac Sayamalo questionable. You can maybe throw all of those offensive metrics out the window. So yeah, when we talk about this is going to be slop, this is going to be mayhem. This is going to be chaos. Mm -hmm. That's the standpoint we're looking at. And, and this team, the Patriots do not have the personnel that the Cardinals do. No. Um, The only thing that the Patriots are are significantly better at um, than the Cardinals is run defense. Um, the Cardinals are one of the worst in the league. Uh, Patriots are, I would even say, probably the best in the league. Like, I understand they're like technically third ranked in terms of yards per game, but they're averaging 3.2 yards per carry against. That's best in the NFL. Uh, and also, when it's like, look at what you've done for me lately, they are clamping down. On teams last week, Austin Eckler, 18 yards on 14 carries. That is non-existent. That is, you're not part of this game. (laughs) Yeah. Like you, I mean, that, that, that is, um, completely making the chargers one dimensional. Um, the Steelers have to find a way, and this is, these are not easy games to do because you can't just completely sell out and throw the ball every time because then you do become one dimensional and then it makes it uh, easier for the defense to uh, defend that, obviously. And that gives their cornerbacks help. So you have to find a way. You have to pick and choose your spots to try to run the ball. I'm not saying you have to establish the run. I'm not saying that that has to be the reason why you win. After all, if the first time you run the ball, Najee or Jalen pulls off a six-yard gain, great. The next time they do it, it's a four-yard gain. Next time it's a five-yard gain, it's like, holy crap. Yeah, might be able to run the ball a little bit better than we thought we were going to. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and, maybe we found something here, and that, and then you kind of go with that. That's that's where the that's where the improvisation comes in when it comes to okay, you go in with the game plan, but then th- 
what en ends up trans uh, transpiring in stadiums actually has to dictate what you do from that that point on. But if you don't, if you aren't able to run the ball, you have to have a game plan in which you can attack the defense without becoming one dimensional. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Randy says, uh, going along with that, Chris, Randy asks if Isaac Samalo and Mason Cole are out tonight, who fills those spots? He assumes Herbig at guard. Actually, I would assume uh, Nate Herbig would play center, and I would expect Spencer Anderson to play left guard. That's how I think that's going to shape up. Um, Anderson did play some center in training camp, obviously, mm -hmm. um, and we haven't really had to call upon Spencer Anderson's name because of some really good fortunes up the middle and the interior of the Steelers' mm -hmm. offensive line. But I think it's going to be – if that's the case, let's say Sayamalu's in and Cole's out, I think Herbig plays center. If Cole's in, Sayamalo's out, I think Herbig plays guard. If both are out, then I think Herbig plays center and Spencer Anderson would play guard. That's how I think this offensive line would configure in the event that both are out. Um, obviously, Sea uh, Shadows asked, do we get a final injury report? There's no injury report today. The next step as far as availability is concerned mm -hmm. and finding that out in an official scope is inactives, which mm -hmm. will drop around 645 Eastern approximately 90 minutes before kickoff. So yeah. nothing's official as far as who's active, who's inactive as of right now. No, we're um, about, so we're about three and a half hours away from that right now. Right, right. So those will come by at around 645 Eastern, again, about 90 uh, minutes before kick. Um, Jeffrey asked Daniels at center. No, Daniels will stick at right guard. Um, I don't think they would put Daniels at center and Herbig at guard especially if that's the event that Sayamalo plays. It depends on if Sayamalo's in or out, really. Because yeah. if Sayamalo's out, then you're definitively going to prioritize playing Herbig at guard. Mm -hmm. If Sayamalo and Cole are out, then they're going to have to play Herbig at center and Anderson at guard. You can't put – I wouldn't move Daniels to center, play Herbig at right guard, and play Anderson at left guard or vice versa. I don't think that's possible. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's – I don't think that's the right thing to do, quite frankly. I think the best configuration for the line, provided both of those guys are out, would be to keep – no, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say McCollum, Mike, to be honest with you. Monongahela um, Mike says says McCollum as, as the backup center. No, I think it's legitimately going to be Herbig in that situation, um, just because he has more experience snapping it, quite frankly. Um, plus, I think they would have to elevate McCollum Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't think he's on the active roster. I don't know 100%, but I don't think he's on the active roster. Uh, Rick says more and Anderson on the left would be a disaster. Put 80 over there the whole game. You never know. I, I mean, like, uh, you know, we saw formations where Chooks for was, you know, rubbing nips, checking in, you know, doing blocking and, and whatever <laughs> it needed to be. That's what you do when you, when you, when you report as eligible. That's what they do. Um, so he was, he was reporting eligible last week quite often. <laughs> They were swing, you doing a swing tackle situation. They had uh, Darnell Washington in there for quite a few blocking snaps. So, like, anything's fair game at this stage. When you have so many injuries piling up, and especially two starters on the offensive line that you need to move around, 
that's that's what you have to work with right now. Yeah, uh, and, and this is I mean this is something we you know the Steelers didn't have to uh, to deal with last year. Obviously, they were you know had the, they had the same starting five every single game. Uh, this is why they um, made the additions that they made and made the acquisitions that they made uh, on the offensive line because they knew this just uh, that doesn't happen every year. <laughs> right. 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 They had to get more depth there, and uh, this is the reason why because you may end up having a game where you're without you know two of your five starters and that's just that's just the reality of it which is why spencer anderson broderick jones were drafted Mm -hmm. dylan cook they got a flyer off of tampa bay and he's stuck on the 53 Mm -hmm. so that's why they reconfigured that line depth they got younger and more versatile on the offensive line we we spoke of this in training camp we spoke Mm -hmm. of this you know in the preseason uh kane asked why isn't darius rush playing it kills me every week now, okay, let's let's again. We're not doing the whole practice squad guy is better than the starter guy thing. I'm not doing that. I'm not saying Darius Rush is the next Ike Taylor. Let's let's slow down a little bit on who Darius Rush is. He's an undrafted rookie who was claimed from another practice squad. That being said, with an injury to James Pierre, who is out for this game, mm-hmm. I think Rush is going to get a hat. I think it's time for Darius Rush to get a hat. I think he's going to play some meaningful snaps. Ronaldo asks, "Where's Chooks core for? He's the backup tackle." He's the backup tackle now. That's as a result of an incident that happened at the end of, what was it, the Jacksonville game? I think so. Or was it the Titans game? It was either the Titans or the Jacksonville game, uh, where there was a little dispute, you know, supposedly with with Mike Tomlin and a play call and a decision to run the clock out or run plays, and, and Coach T disagreed with it. So over to the bench he goes. That's the, that's the way that Broderick Jones gets inserted into the starting lineup, uh, albeit as a, uh, as a right tackle and not as a left tackle as he was drafted. So there's a ton to pay attention to as we, yeah, it was, it was Jacksonville. Thank you, spice. I, everything blends in at some point, um, a few hours away from kickoff. Uh, we're about (laughs) 23 minutes into the show, 24 minutes into the show. Let's get into picks, drop the scores in the chat. We'll put them on the screen live. Obviously nobody's expecting, uh, nobody's expecting, let's put it this way. Monday night football Rams chiefs from a few years ago where it was like what 5650 or whatever that score yeah, was. That was yeah, a, that was, was a that was a game for uh fantasy football owners to to rejoice. Yeah. Frank, <laughs> if you want to say trap game, you could argue Sunday was the trap game. I don't know about that. The trap before the trap if you will. Let's put yeah. the score predictions in. What I do don't I I don't think I'll just say I don't think that this could be a trap game because they like you said like last week would have been your trap game. Uh if they lose this one, they're just they're toast. They're, yeah, they're they're just not a good football team. You can't be trapped if you're not a good football team. They're toast. Um, Brent, so, thank you for the five gifted. Appreciate that. Yeah, uh, grab one, become a member. I appreciate it. Um, I'm taking the under on this one. I uh, I I'm I had a hard time really coming up with a with a score prediction for this one just because this is going to be an ugly football game. Um, I think Mitch is going to throw a pick or two while trying to be aggressive. Um, I also think he's going to be able to put up some yards. Uh, like I said, I would bet the over on that 180 and a half. Um, I think he, that's the only way the Steelers are going to be able to move the ball. I don't think they're going to put up a lot of points. Um, I think the Patriots are that terrible on the offensive side of the ball. I do think that they could probably put up more points than some people might expect or more yards than they might expect because this defense is susceptible to at least one bad drive a game for whatever reason. Um, but for predicting a score, 
I'm doing something that I almost never do, and that's I'm just going with what the teams are averaging per season or for the <laughs> season. Good. So I'm predicting Steelers are going to win this one 16 to 13. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go I just, lower. I can't. Yeah. I'm just, I'd like, you know, there could be a defensive touchdown in there. There could be, I mean, like 16 points. That's most likely going to be a, a touchdown and three field goals. I mean, that that's, that's yeah, that I, I, it's not a high scoring game. So I'm just, I'm going 16, 13 final score. Um, Steelers win somehow squeak it out. That would be awesome. Frank nine to eight would be just amazing. What do you think the likelihood is? that the total over under is 20 at the end of the night. What do you think the likelihood is that it's less than 20? I would go over 20. What do you think the likelihood is that it's less though? Like if you could put a percentage on that, what do you think? I think it's more than a 50% chance that this game's total over under is 20. I don't think so. At 20. I think it's lower than 20. Like, okay. Like 12, nine from William. That's 21. So, you know, could it get to that? You never know. I don't think it's a non-zero chance that it's less than 20 tonight. Uh, Mike says, Mike says 42%. B-Phil thinks under. I'm going to go, I'm going to go about that like 10-7. One of those just like tough to watch, ugly, and then something really good happens in the middle of it. Like it's a Mitch bomb to Pickens. Or it's like Deontay on a twenty-yard out route, or like a, a some kind of blunder, like blown coverage on the Patriots' part. Like, what team is more mistake-prone at this stage? Arguably, it's a draw, <laughs> but I really don't know from an offensive standpoint, at least. Uh, Steeler D, thanks for the five dollars. Steeler D says that the Steelers play a soft zone, we lose. Yeah, I mean, no. If, if 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 Bill Belichick knows this Steeler defense, then he knows how to crack the safe, so to speak. Well, but the thing is that Bill Belichick can't throw the ball for for the quarterback, and when he had Tom Brady back there, Tom Brady could pick apart that zone, that soft zone. It's Bailey Zappi back there. Yeah, he ain't he ain't throwing the football. <laughs> he ain't throwing the football well. Do the color rush and the gold end zones paint, pun intended, more points on the board tonight? Uh, I think the Steelers, so the, and the main reason, no matter what the score is, I think, you know, there, there is a reason and, and some people are not going to like this. And I, I honestly don't care. I'm beyond caring. Um, Mike Tomlin does a really good job getting the team together after a loss. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, they haven't lost back to back games this year. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I think we're going to see a better Steelers team than we, than we saw, uh, on Sunday. Um, and I think, uh, no, I don't think there's any rain in the forecast tonight. Spice. I don't think so either. Let me do a quick um, double check. Yeah. I think it's like, I think it's like a, like a game time temperature of like 42 or something like that. And then no rain. So a, a, a nice clear Pittsburgh night, uh, in December, um, uh, a mild one by comparison. Oh to yeah. At least, uh, remember the Raiders game last year. At least oh no, I that, was there. I remember that yeah, one. At least yeah. in that spectrum. <laughs> That walk to the stadium and it, it was was a was a, I mean you, you know where parking is. It's not like the the shortest. It's not far. It's not no, far, but it's not short. It's not far, but it's not the shortest walk either. And that walk in seven degrees Woo. with like twenty mile an hour winds was not fun. Nope. Um. So and it's yeah. uphill going back to the car. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, no, that one was fun because that one I didn't even. I, so I didn't. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of what I did. Oh no, I did walk back up. I, I took. I no, I took a, a bus, not a bus, a transport up to the parking from there because I actually didn't go home that night. I yeah. actually drove to the airport, like whenever I left the stadium, and slept in my car so that I could wake up early enough to take a first flight out in the morning to come back home to Texas, to see my kids and, and my yeah. wife. So um, also one thing to remember here, the Steelers have a significant advantage in special teams. Um, so we believe, well, I, I'm talking about their kicker, like, like Chris Boswell is a, sure. a significantly better kicker. Um, punters are kind of a wash a little bit. Both punters are, are susceptible to shanks. Um, but, uh, I'd say that the Patriots, the Patriots have a couple of really, really good special teamers in terms of like, like punt coverage, kick coverage, stuff like that. Um, but in terms of like getting points on field goals, the Steelers are going to have a a much shorter field in order to get those three points than the Patriots are put it that way. Mike Tomlin talked about Matthew Slater. Like he was Darrell Revis though on Monday. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, I know he, I'm again, he, he, he'll make any team sound like, like they're the 85 bears, the 2000 Ravens, or, you he know, does it every single the 2013 week. Seahawks, you know, the 08 Steelers, you know, the, the, they'll, they'll, he has a way of, mm-hmm. yeah, he has a way of doing that. <laughs> All right, let's do this dance, baby. We are about what? Four hours away from kickoff in that ballpark. Yeah. Four and a half, uh, four hours away from kickoff, a little less. We'll get there. We're going to have some fun tonight. I don't know what this is going to be. I don't know what this could be. I don't know if I'm going to be laughing or crying or both after the uh, whatever 60 minutes is going to be on that field tonight, but I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Uh, Like the Sickos Committee gene in me is just salivating for this kind of thing. It's going to be an honor and a privilege to be there in person tonight. I'm going to be one of the monks on uh, Monty Python on the Holy Grail, just (laughs) with my board in my hand. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Brent, Brent, thank you. He says, love the show. Like, join, share, accept gifts. We agree. Please remember to like and share this episode if you enjoyed it. Remember, we're we're live every Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern on DK Pittsburgh Sports here on YouTube, and then later in podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, Hodge, we will see you on the live file tonight. Yep. Um, of course, it is on the website, dkpittsburghsports.com. We'll be live and live in color, chatting up Steelers-Patriots in real time, giving real-time analysis. DK and I will be at the game. We will be in that press box. We will be fully covering whatever we're about to see whatever yes whatever it is i it might might not be of an actual football game but <laughs> whatever is displayed at Acrisure stadium tonight um i think i think tonight is a really really good night for for uh, like us to come up with a nickname for the stadium the ack because that's what's just gonna pit players call it the ack so we'll do the same that, all that, right the, the product on the field is gonna make you want to do that yeah <laughs> DK and Ramon coming up in about 30 minutes or so for the Ramon Foster show. Chris and I will be back tomorrow on a football Friday to recap whatever happens tonight. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Chris, and this has been the South Side Beat. Have a good evening, everybody. Enjoy the game. Cheers.